0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Must See Matches. Uh, I am, as always, Kieran Laforte and joining me again, um, as always, I've done that at least twice now, uh, (laughs) is the man behind Must See Matches, Mark Buckleby. Mark, how are you doing this week?
1: Uh, I'm good for the introduction.
0: Excellent. Good. Uh joining us again for this uh appropriately for this UK versus Canada match, uh uh from Canada, uh is the man you call when David Richards no shows your show. It's Palm Singh Man. Uh <laughs> Palm, how you doing?
2: Good. You know, I ate a bowl of cornflakes right before this. I'm counting my blessings that David Richards got me one whole booking. God bless that man. <laughs> you know, feeling pretty good.
0: Oh it's great to have you back. Um so we were talking, you, I, I want to get into this before we cover the match. We were talking last time about kind of like the, the influence of seeing Sami Zayn on TV had on you getting into wrestling. Like you, you talked about, like, I think it was the, like the John Cena US title open challenge.
2: Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get very specific here. Uh, when I first got into wrestling, there were obviously a lot of very good wrestlers, a lot of like big names, but in terms of characters I could relate to, I am an Indian Canadian man bisexual there's not a lot of representation of like gay people of color blah 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 mm. a big thing is that when i heard Sami Zayn get like an insert promo advertising like takeover he said the line like i'm not a good brother to my sister i'm not a good son to my parents i'm just like he's just following his own dream i found that very relatable in a way that like i don't see wrestlers present themselves as like purely human mm-hmm. and also him being a Syrian canadian i found that just very interesting i found him very relatable, very human, very real. And after like following him after, you know, this amazing uh, Neville match, which we're going to talk about the big Kevin, Owens shoot, et cetera. Uh, when I saw him randomly show up for the U S open challenge, because baby Palm was not aware that wrestlers show up at their hometown to pop the crowd. I was not aware. <laughs> of I, I genuinely did not know that was like a thing that could happen. Uh, seeing Simon, I was in the middle of like eating dinner. I was chomping on a burger when Sami Zayn came out, I yelled, uh, choked on the burger, uh, vomited it out a little bit, and cried tears of joy. Uh, <laughs> all of my brother just kind of looked at me and went, gross, uh, afterwards. <laughs> that might just be like, the best like,
0: reaction to a wrestling match I've ever heard. Yeah,
2: that was just how emotional I got. Hmm. And then obviously, we can't talk about the Sami Zayn-John Cena match at length. Uh, <laughs> but the pure roller coaster of Sami's injury and still working a very good match uh, around it uh, got hmm. me very... Very emotional, so yeah, that was a fun way to get inspired. So, the two matches that influenced me Sammy Zayn with John Cena and sincar versus Bad News barrett all four legends.
0: What a what a pair! It's oh, at that point. So, is that original Sin Cara? Is that Mystico or is that Unico?
2: No, no, I think yeah, Mystico was like long gone uh, yeah. by then, he's in triple A by now. I yeah, feel. uh,
0: you mentioned your brother there. Are there other wrestling fans in your family, or like you, are you the weird one? Are you the only one? <laughs>
2: I guess I'm the weird one. It's weird. Like my brother was like into it as a kid. Obviously he grew out of it. Uh, mm. And like I won't force him to watch three hour raw, two hour dynamite or something every week. <laughs> uh, my dad to an extent was, he lived in like a uh, back country, India. It was very interesting hearing a uh, villagers in India talk about who was over back then. Mm. Great colleague was just a meme wrestler in the 2000s in India, as it turns out. Uh,
0: <laughs> That's funny.
2: It is, which, I mean, makes sense when you look at all these commercials in India are inherently, like, comedic, but uh, he was, like, a shoot wrestler because shoot wrestling is very big in India. Hmm. My mom has, like, negative interest in pro wrestling, too violent, too violent, but she she likes it when she sees comedy matches or, like, big lucha costumes, though, so.
0: Huh. Interesting. Something about wrestling will appeal to everybody.
2: Yeah, there's something, something statistically. Hmm. Too many things. In high school, I was definitely the kid who, like, annoyed everyone with wrestling facts to try and get them into it, too.
0: <laughs> so, we are here to talk about Adrian Neville, uh, formerly and currently known as PAC, uh, and Sami Zayn, uh, NXT TakeOver Our Evolution, which is just a terrible name for a show, uh, December the 11th, 2014, uh, in front of uh, not very many people, it would turn out, Mark.
1: Um, yeah, we... we- I I wanted to know how many people the capacity was for full sale and mm. it turned out it's only about 400 people.
0: Mm. Which is it makes it like one of the smaller venues, like one of the smaller it, attendances on the list of stuff we're going to be covering. It's
1: the smallest attendance where people are actually allowed to attend.
0: <laughs> yeah, the smallest really? attendance that is actually in yes. attendance. Yes.
2: Damn. No, IWA Mid South on this list. Okay.
0: <laughs> no, the only thing smaller, I think, is uh, no, a no, because co- there Walter. is
1: IWA Mid South, and it was at the uh, it was at the arena. It oh, okay, at- oh. Alhambra. Okay, whatever, whatever the ECW arena is called this week.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Ian Ron, I'll do Triple H. Love to see it.
0: <laughs> um, as is uh customary when it's a quote-unquote pay-per-view show i watch the build i try and watch the monthly because we go in like four week pay-per-view cycles i try and watch the month of tv leading up to it uh sometimes fast forwarding sometimes watching whole shows depends how much time i've got depends how much the other stuff is interesting me and i did that for this um the built the story uh for wwe is relatively subtle and believably told So Neville starts out almost playfully ribbing Sammy about not being able to win the big one. Similar to like how you might tease a buddy for being shit at Mario Kart or not able to get headshots in a shooter. But like Mm. it gets under Sammy's skin and it becomes determined to prove his friend wrong and just kind of escalates from there. This is a far cry from some of the other stuff on this show and stuff that was going on in the, on the main roster at the time. Um, The commentators keep talking about Sammy Zayn's road to redemption, uh, but never actually say what needs redeeming, which is quite funny. Uh, So, oh, this is uh, November the 6th TV show. Uh, Sammy has already beaten Tyson Kidd and Titan O'Neill on this. uh, Titan O'Neill? That would have been a good name. That would have been a really good name. Titus (laughs) O'Neill. Yeah, maybe he should have disappeared under the ring at the Greatest Royal Rumble and come out the other side as Titan O'Neill. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, on this show, Sammy beats Tyler Breeze in a nice little TV match. Maybe he's just working his way through guys with T names. Uh, he kicks out of the supermodel kick and wins for wins the Halluva kick. Uh, Renee Young is there. Um, now, Mrs. Moxley. Renee, I can't remember what her... Her act was saying would probably be good now, wouldn't it? I can't remember what her... What's her real name? Paquette. Renee Paquette. That's right. Yeah, she's got, you know, she's Renee Young Moxley Ambrose, uh, Paquette Young. (laughs) Um, uh, She interviews Neville, uh, talking about how much he respects his friend Sammy, how good it was to see him win that match. And as champion, he'll give him a title shot whenever he wants. But Sammy can't win the big one. Sorry, mate. Uh, Rene interviews Sammy and he talks about a a great exchange he talks about feeling like the Count of Monte Cristo and she's like I don't know what that is I've never read that (laughs) Um, uh, he's talking about you know he feels like he's out of prison he's taking out the Robrock blocks that have stood in his way in the past and he's ready for his title match next week so Rene trots off to see Mr. Regal uh, using a microphone that is cranked way up too high and blew out my speakers uh, and he confirms that the match is indeed on next week Next week, November the 13th, uh, we get interviews with Sammy and Neville. And it's not Renee. It's a I call someone I called a tiny, cute, but charisma-free girl who just uses the line, my guest at this time, as is standard in WWE interviews. Not a patch on Renee, who actually sounded like an actual interviewer. Interviews, open, both of them separately. Sammy says he feels like tonight is different. It's his time. Uh, and Neville again puts Sammy over, but says he can't win the big one. Um, this is actually a hell of an episode because you get... Um, uh, Justin Gabriel and Tyson Kidd against uh, Hideo Itami, now now and formerly Kenta, uh, and the in-ring debut of Finn Balor as a match, as a tag match, which is pretty good, uh, and a really good Lucha Dragons versus Blake and Murphy match. And then the main event, Adrian Neville versus Sami Zayn. This match is almost as good as the TakeOver match, just on free TV. Um, And it's basically like two segments of fast action separated by a chin lock in the middle. Like it's a really good, I think it's 11 minute TV match. Mm. Um, Brilliant near falls, uh, particularly when like it looks like Sammy's going to win. Neville misses the red arrow, comes up clutching his knee. The ref throws up the X. Um, Sammy crouches next to him to see if he's okay. Neville wraps him up in a small package for the pin. And Sammy is left sitting on the mat, Devastated, as Neville explains very realistically, actually, what he thinks happened mm. to his knee to the medic in the background. It's a really like realistic injury work. I liked it a lot. This was really good.
2: It's realistic, but also works very well for the theme. We like Sammy didn't want to capitalize on an injured buddy. He wanted to like, yeah, win mm. and square yeah. That screwed him out of a match when he looked like he had a one. No?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, the next week, November the 20th, um, something that will become important later on. We got our first ever Kevin Owens vignette. And what do you know? He's going to debut on December the 11th, that takeover. <laughs> um, Larry the Cable Guy guest stars on Raw promo. This is important because Larry the Cable Guy, he's, he was sponsoring uh, a segment of TNA on the stuff I watched the last time we had Palm on. That how have I ended up watching-
2: guy Follow me everywhere, man. Yeah,
0: right? <laughs> I'm blaming you. How, are the, how else have I ended up watching like- nine years eight nine years apart larry the cable guy showing up on two different bloody <laughs> wrestling shows
2: look if aj styles can wrestle nine years apart if larry the cable guy could show up in wrestling shows nine <laughs> years apart,
0: thank you very much um so uh sammy does an in-ring promo uh he introduced a recap video invites neville to come out uh he's limping and dressed like matt hardy going to someone's leaving do. <laughs> Um, Sammy says Neville doesn't owe him anything but if what's left of their friendship means anything he'll offer him a rematch and if Zane can't beat him he's done uh, Neville says he'll happily give him a rematch but the being done thing and in fact the rematch is Regal's decision he doesn't think Sammy is in the right frame of mind for another shot and needs to pick himself up and refocus and that annoys Sammy and he gets what I called melodramatically angry <laughs> uh, here comes Regal he tells Sammy he's far from a failure and makes the match to take over main event uh neville accepts but refuses to let sammy uh end his career or sorry refuses to let sammy put his career on the line he doesn't want to be responsible for ending sammy's dream and sammy says you can say what you like whether it's official or not if i don't win i'll quit neither sammy zane nor uh adrian neville appear on the next show at all um but there is a hilarious vaude villain silent movie called boom go the lucha dragons which made me laugh (laughs) uproariously (laughs) Um December the 4th uh Neville and Sami Zayn go face to face. Uh apparently both of them will be on Talk is Jericho tomorrow. So download that wherever you download your podcast from 9 years ago. Uh Neville Subtle Heel turn continues as he claims uh he's not proud of the few shady tactics he's used lately. So he's sort of um at uh NXT Fatal 4-way which is what the previous takeover I think uh he pulled the referee out to stop someone I think it's to stop Sammy pinning someone else in the to match. Stop
2: Sammy specifically.
0: Yes, yeah, <laughs> um, uh, and of course the the injury thing in the in the match uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, he says Sammy is too nice, and that's why he's not the champion. But we are honor to wrestle him again. Uh, Sammy rejects the offered handshake and slaps him instead. He says, "You don't get to end me. I'm going to end your story and take take your title." we also of note again just an aside get our third kevin owens video where he says i've been doing this 14 years i battled sammy i battled seth rollins and they called him first i was in a tag team with daniel bryan they called him first i met neville in england when he was just an inexperienced kid they called him first i traveled the world for 10 years with Sami Zayn. consider him my best friend but they called him first and now it's my turn foreshadowing Remember when WWE could do foreshadowing? Yeah, remember when they actually told long, long-ish term stories? Um, uh,
2: they- oh, there is also one other thing I kind of want to bring mm. up when you mentioned the four-way. One really good strength Sami has on that roster is that he's really the only true like plucky young babyface of prominence. Like you look at Tyler Breeze, you look at Tyson Kidd, even like today with Tommy Finn Balor, they're mm. all like fairly serious, like kind of like Neville, more like. Wrestlers, wrestler, West mm. Side, like the only real blue collar every man is a man. Uh, type of yeah, wrestler. absolutely, which helps them stand out a lot more. Because like, obviously Bailey's a wonderful wrestler, but her rise comes after Sammy's rise, uh, so mm. they don't really like compete against each other. They don't feel too similar. Mm. One another. So it's like also good booking, but also very booking. Uh,
0: yeah, so- it was very weird to see Sasha and Becky Lynch versus Bailey and Charlotte being the second match on the card of a developmental TV show so uh yeah they do there is a there's a a fully pre-taped show uh that airs it's renee doing a preview of takeover she tells the story they they re-air the whole match from november the 13th uh and uh show the video package that also airs before it's a slightly cut down version of the video package that airs before the match on takeover of this 42 minute show the build for uh Zane versus Neville, if we include the re-airing of the full November match, got sixteen minutes. So they were pushing this hard. Mm. Like this is the this is the focus of the promotion. Um I've got to say, watching all this NXT, like this is the this is near the beginning of Uncle Paul's dream promotion stuff. Like this yeah. is where he's opening his starting to open his checkbook for all the big indie stars. Uh and like I got I got a bit of a nostalgic rush hearing that roar of the crowd theme tune. Um, I have never watched any NXT 2.0. I'm planning to never watch any NXT 2.0. But like this is this is the start of the five years where it was where NXT Mm. was almost like appointment television. I think.
1: So there's five. NXT matches I'm just going to jump into a couple of stats here because mm. it's a decent segue there's five NXT matches that we're going to cover on this podcast and mm. I think this was the earliest one of them yeah that makes so,
0: sense I, I, I mean watching it again I was thinking of this as like near the start of that period it's so weird seeing things like Hideo Itami seeing flashes of the old Kenta before the company broke his shoulder and broke his spirit oh oh and the only other thing I noticed and wrote down so the opening titles of the show is all like you know fast cut um wrestler stuff and they've got a uh, they've got an over a grungy overlay and everything's kind of tinted like black and gold um in the editing process they have used post production techniques to make the ears of um the particularly prominent ears of one of the ascension waggle like they're being flapped <laughs> in a high wind <laughs> I'd never noticed it before, and I really hope he never noticed it. It's like, it's so disrespectful to this poor man.
2: (laughs) I want to go back now and try and find this. I didn't even know that was like...
0: (laughs) It's so fun. I mean, I could be making up, I could be miss seeing it, but it looks for all the world like his ears are are, are, are flapping in a non-existent Uh, (laughs) way. Also,
2: a fun fact to bring up TNA again. One mm. of the Ascension was like an Irish river dancer gimmick who got squashed by Jeff Jarrett on an impact, which they then re-aired the squash the next week. So I really hope it's not that poor soul getting, like, <laughs> over by two different companies now. <laughs> just yeah. that way.
0: I'm thinking like, well, who's the Irish river dancer? Because one, one of them's South African, I think. And, one second. Oh, that is,
2: I wow, have not I thought of the Ascension in a long time. of uh, I think it's Victor, who is also apparently Canadian, though.
1: Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, it
2: is Victor, who's been wrestling since two thousand and one.
1: Wow. Which is funny because the first TNA show I ever went to involved uh, TNA fucking over a guy, which was one of the uh, one of the McAllister brothers. Oh, yeah. oh where he got shown uh, where he got crowd. shown in the crowd and they sacked him that week
0: yeah yes well well we should point out he was under contract with wwe at the time yeah, uh, yeah. and i didn't they give him a name strap as
1: well yeah, yeah i think they specifically <laughs> named him and pointed it out
2: <laughs> oh, poor man so sorry to go off topic a little but just to bring this up Victor's indie career before the WWE is way more, like, story than you think. He fought Josh Barnett in a tag in New Japan, Oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Boy. Yeah, it's really interesting to see where people go. So, like, I uh, i mean, I think enough people know now that Sami Zayn and El Generico are the same person. What? Oh, no. Breaking news. Um, and I was kind of looking back through his career his career on cage match for 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 this show and i clicked on that. there's a, a drop down you can that just brings you can click that brings up the uh, the full list of promotions they've worked mm. for that are, have a listing on cage match his goes on forever he has worked for everybody from tiny things that you've never heard of all the way up to working at wrestlemania it's like his career is is mad should we talk about this match
1: Shall we get a little bit of stats in first? Sorry. Go for it. Um, so as I've mentioned, uh, we've got five NXT matches uh, mm-hmm. that we'll be covering on the podcast. During the process of the nominations, 25 NXT matches were nominated. So we got a a good chunk there. Mm. Um, Neville or Pac, however you want to call him, uh, he has two matches that we'll cover on this podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. The other, the other one, I know so, what the other one is, and it's very different to this. It's match. very
1: different to this. Um, <laughs> uh, so Neville got four matches nominated, while Sammy has two matches that we'll cover on this podcast. He has twelve matches uh, that were nominated, and of those, seven involved Kevin Steen in the ring. <laughs> were they all as Sami
0: Zayn, or did El Generico get nominations? Uh,
1: there were four Sami Zayn and eight El Generico
0: interesting i should have known that by the by the, you saying kevin steen was involved rather than saying kevin owens was involved
1: yeah my right my notes did say kevin steen and fact that no one will care about except me uh pack was on the first show that i ever saw live and mm-hmm. generico was on the third and fourth shows i ever saw live hmm.
2: that's pretty cool honestly. yeah
1: you- my my first show was in the uk and my next five were in the usa <laughs> <laughs>
2: And for this weirdly enough, my first indie show was in England before I went to Vancouver show, just because oh, really? I was in England when progress was happening. Oh,
0: okay. Oh, wow. Actually,
2: my second show, I think, was like in Seattle, actually. So I didn't want to go to a Vancouver wrestling show for like a while. while mm. being honest, too.
0: My weird uh, <laughs> country slash show fact is I've only ever seen one show in the US and it's not a WrestleMania and it's not a Royal Rumble. It's not a SummerSlam. It was a Chikara show in a community center on a housing estate in North New York. And I almost didn't get in because they had more people in the queue than they had seats in the venue. And they heard my English accent and figured I'd come a long way, so they let me in. I got to see Eddie <laughs> Kingston wrestle for nine seconds because that's how long his match went.
2: Similar scenario, I was late to the Progress show, uh, so I ended up losing my seat because they just gave the seat to someone else, God mm. bless Uh I also did miss Tyler Bates' match, so I just awkwardly ran into him in the hallway like he was coming out after his match. And we just kind of let up hi, hello awkwardly to each other.
0: <laughs> so, December the, scrolls up, 11th, 2014. Uh, we are not, it's not the age of the takeover where they're in taking over, if you like, uh, large buildings. We are in uh, Full Sail University in front of uh, not very many people, as we mentioned earlier. They are very loud. The dynamic is very interesting. So it's not to the same degree by any means, but it put me in mind of uh, the Chigusa Nagayo versus Dump Matsumoto match we covered. This crowd are 100% behind Sami Zayn. Nobody yeah. wants to see Adrian Neville win. Um, Neville, in fact, gets booed coming out. And remember, he's not strictly a heel. like He's done some... As a couple of underhanded things, but you wouldn't pigeonhole, you wouldn't like slot him as a heel yet at all. And in fact, I don't think he he ever was a proper heel in NXT. He didn't he didn't turn until he was until he lost his Adrian and he was on the main roster.
2: Yeah, it was his cruiserweight title run where he went full heel against face Andrew Amore. I think. Yeah, lose
1: a name, gain an attitude.
2: Exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah, it was like he had
0: like an extra strong coffee one morning, and like that was that was the point where people realized what a personality there was inside this, this man, a lot of us had thought were very quiet. So I worked shows with him in, I say works, like I wasn't a wrestler. I produced the television uh, and, and filmed the matches. And so like you'd hang around and you talk, you would talk to wrestlers and such. And like he was, he was such a quiet guy in like 2006, 2007. Um, and like, that Pack and the Pack you see now on Dynamite are two very, very different people. It's it's amazing to see how he's how he's changed.
1: Well, when Pack did a, a double shot uh, in Ring of Honor, basically, was his Ring of Honor US tryout after he'd done two UK shows, mm. and basically those were two not good performances because one was against Brian Danielson, who grounded the match too much, mm. and the other was. Davy Richards, who was doing some very Benoit-esque spots, mm. probably too early at that time, I uh, and other issues. And basically, the crowd did not take to pack at all. And my friend, who'd traveled to the US and was coming back, bumped into Neville at the airport. And mm. Neville looked like a man who'd basically lost his house on a bed. Wow. He was like mortified. <laughs> he was like, in his mind, it was like, I've fucked it. I'm i've lost that opportunity i'm not which is get it which is really
0: yet. interesting so i was recently uh, on gcp and reviewed one of the uk shows and on that show is pack versus roderick strong easily the match of the night like you can see like what everybody saw in pack at the time well,
1: was that the first of the two shows that the
0: first came? of the two liverpool shows yeah
1: that was my first ever wrestling show <laughs>
0: <laughs> it all comes full circle uh so at the beginning of this match we get what you might think if you don't listen very carefully is a dueling chant but if you listen to it it's actually let's go sammy neville sucks mm. a, a dueling chant entirely for one person uh neville is out here in his pokeball trunks i noted uh, i wondered if he did catch them all um uh, the, uh, we should also note this is the nxt commentary debut of Corey graves uh, former NXT Tag Team Championship partner with Pac, uh, with Adrian Neville. I'm going to keep doing that. I had to go back and remove all mentions of Pac in my notes and change them to Neville. Because <laughs> ca- he's not Adrian Neville, he's Pac. Um, uh, almost his first line in this match is how Neville needs to treat this like a football match, like he's Newcastle going to play Sunderland. And I'll leave that to people better versed in in soccer ball than I to unpick.
1: that. That is actually... So correct that he actually must have googled that
0: or just um, you know had a chat to pack
1: <laughs> or had a chat to pack. But, yeah, um, also, one thing I'm going to say about his commentary I know there's three commentators, but at points I swear there's only two voices
2: between yeah, them.
0: Two of the. I don't know who they are, but two of the voices at that desk sound exactly the same. <laughs> yeah,
2: one second. I, I had this. I'm just going to check this out real quick just to figure it out. Please give me a second. Give me a me second. You, well, one's Alex what,
0: Riley. I was gonna say you're gonna look Alex up what a Riley, Sunderland is. Rich
2: Brennan, oh, and Corey Graves. Ah,
0: uh, is Rich Brennan Rich Puccini?
2: I'm going to Google this now too, because he Ah, uh, this is great.
0: A- oh, I love having Palm on the show. We can come back.
2: <laughs> uh, he doesn't seem to have a Wikipedia page though, which is oh. worrying. Even his pro wrestling wiki page, very blank. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it is it's the same guy. Yeah, it's the same guy. So the guy we now know as Rich Biccini, uh, is, uh used to be Rich Brennan in uh, in WWE. There we go. Nobody gets to keep their name unless they're Brock Lesnar. Uh, so we got a wrestling match to talk about and they actually start out with wrestling. Holds, reversals. And what I really liked was they were both struggling for it. So they're both believably mm. fighting to get their opponent into a hold or to get themselves out of one. Something that like, Became a lost art almost. They're not doing complicated stuff. It's just hammerlocks and headlocks, but like they're, they're both, they're making them mean something by going for them and and cinching and them in tight when they get them as well.
2: Like not only are they like very tight, it's very fast paced, but very simple things. So it feels like they've mastered these headlock takeovers. It feels mm. like they're two masters trying to go out and like slowly edge the other one and take mm. advantage. But one really subtle thing I like with these opening exchanges. Is that whenever Neville takes over Sammy, Sammy has to stumble just a teeny tiny bit to take over. But when mm. Sami when Neville reverses, he hits like a perfectly clean kep up. Like mm. Neville is like always standing perfectly after hitting a kip up or like a perfect dodge. Well, mm. Sammy has to just one extra roll to do the same thing. Very subtle, but nice ways to establish that Neville is like the purely more athletic of the two.
0: Yeah, he's um I think it also establishes that he is running I can't think of any better way to put it. He is running on technique, this, and Sammy is running more on emotion yeah, because this whole thing, exactly, this whole thing is about uh, the whole match. The whole story is about Sami Zayn's confidence and his self belief. Um, so I did notice when they picked up the pace. Surprisingly, Zayn gets the upper hand, coming out uh, uh, on top of a rope running spot with a quebradora and then an Arabian moon talk to the floor. I noticed whenever Neville cut Sammy off, it was by taking his way taking away his space and his momentum. And it's nothing flashy, like it's uppercuts, forearms, knee mm. drops, face locks, chin locks. I mean, he does a drop kick off the middle rope at some point, but it's none of the it's none of what you would think of as Neville slash pack offense. It's it's simple wrestling stuff and simple striking stuff. The
1: opening of this match basically cements to both the the normal fans and fans are paying attention that these are two very good professional wrestlers in Mm. terms of technique in terms of skill they Mm. they're the guys have gone through the miles and know what they're doing and know how to do it
0: Mm.
2: also as a very minor thing and this is wrestler brain uh adrian neville hitting those off the second rope drop kicks Loki, incredibly dangerous move to hit, as it turns out, because you need to both perfectly time the drop kick and also you're just taking a full flat back bump. So when I see Neville hitting this, I'm just thinking, oh, this fucking asshole casually hitting this incredibly dangerous move perfectly <laughs> to <doesn't> take over. <laughs> he's is, just over uh, and over again because he's just that agile and athletic and confident in himself. Well, Sammy uh, has to do this full Arabian moonsault shit just to take over and get his own advantage. I,
0: I, I'm taking it from that. That's not part of your regular repertoire then, the, the middle rope flat back drop kick.
2: I tried once. I both, the, the drop kick hit too low and I hit someone in the waist and then I learned the bump is not fun. No. Okay. <laughs> Nothing but respect to anyone who can do it, but holy shit, that's a very difficult move. <laughs> anything can take. Anyone can take anything from this podcast. The missile drop kicks, the springboard or the second row missile drop kick. Incredibly impressive move, as it turns out. Mm.
0: I'm going to so- uh, go off on a little bit of a tangent here. What are your least favorite moves to take?
2: It's less least favorite moves to take and more least favorite people to take it from. It.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense.
2: Like, it was like bridging suplexes, power bombs, whatever. I've done the same to other people. Uh, mm. uh, I'm actually trying to think give me a second I'm actually going to have to sit on this I've never thought thought that through so much okay
0: maybe we can explore this another time I think
2: I'm surrounded by too many genuinely talented professional wrestlers at the Lionsgate Dojo and I trust them all unfortunately that is a great way
0: to be that is a great Mm -hmm. way to be I think
2: yeah our coaches are all wonderful people who train people really well hate to see it (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, so back to our two very well trained uh, wrestlers in this match uh they foil each other's dives uh, but Sammy hits a big flip dive bringing his confidence back and he gets a, a two off a big top rope crossbody. In what I originally wrote as Spot of the Match but then there's stuff later that makes me wonder. Neville goes for the Rey Mysterio cartwheel into spinning oh, Hurricane yes. Rana but Sammy counters it perfectly into a blue thunder bomb for a great near fall. Um, Neville cuts him off again and again, nothing flashy, it's a jawbreaker. Um, and then gets two off that whipping german suplex out of the ropes that i always pop for one of my favorite spots uh, and i get annoyed when i see other people do it because i'm like no it's a pack move <laughs> <laughs> um uh zane gets the knees up on a red arrow locks in koji clutch crowd are going bonkers second best spot of the match or possibly yes. spot of the match neville turns and exploder into a Cazadora roll through pin and when sammy kicks out neville flies backwards perfectly naturally and clonks heads with the referee who was in the perfect place to be watching sammy's shoulders He was exactly where he should have been Brilliant one of the best ref bumps i've ever seen The only thing that gives it away as a work was the cameras following it and focusing on it Excellent stuff like We talked about last time palm was on We talked about the excellent uh ref bump in uh, abyss versus aj styles where the ref gets Hoisted up one-handed by the neck by abyss and hurled into the side of the cage that was brilliant for different reasons. This is so subtle and believable as a ref bump. Absolutely loved it.
2: it it's so subtle that even the wrestlers themselves uh, act like the ref is still there and it doesn't, like, stop the match. Mm. I mean, some mm. the camera's following the ref, mind you. Mm. It doesn't, like, stop the match. The match is still going on. It, it feels like the match is still end at any moment. It just, mm. the ref is now that another... It's an extra layer of mystery and excitement uh, coming mm. to all the near oh. falls.
1: What I love about this ref bump is why it's there and what it achieves because mm. it's a very natural ref bump, but this is not a ref bump so that the heel can cheat. This is not a ref bump so the heel can do something underhand. This is a ref bump to put in your mind that Sammy's sympathy and that Sammy's yes. human nature cannot be overcome. That It's to put over the mind that Sammy nearly costs himself the match because he can't help... That feel sympathy and check on the referee, and that the is crowd, a fantastic spot.
0: The crowd are screaming at him not to go and check on him, not to go and check on the ref, because as like as you said, like he loses big matches because he's too nice. I'm going to say something controversial. He then turns around and we get one of my least favorite spots in all of wrestling, and I'm probably possibly going to ruin El Generico and Sami Zayn for palm here. Once you see it, you can't unsee it, and. It's the Sami Zayn super kick clap. Whenever he takes a big super kick, he drops his hands to about between his knees and claps on impact. And I fucking hate it. And I fucking hate that I see it every time he does.
2: I've never spotted this. And I've every time. I, I know of other wrestlers who do that type of stuff, or like, mm. not to completely kill key fob here. I apologize <laughs> to the listeners, but like, will use their arms on their rib cage to yeah. avoid doing the thigh slap. So that's. Yeah, the worker in me is like, of course, my king Sami Zayn, you Zayn know, would do something that <laughs> all and smart. Respect. But now, also, I'm probably never going to unsee this now, so I'm going to go out of my way to look for it because I've never <laughs> noticed that before. I'm so
0: sorry. They show it if you watch it in this match, like they show it in a wide shot, and then it's evident again when they show the replay picture in oh, picture in we, the corner. Because
2: yeah. I'm always so focused on Sammy looking dazed that I just think, oh, his arms also reacting with his body. Uh, that's- yeah
0: no it's it's a clap <laughs> and it's like now i've seen it i can't unsee it and i
2: hate that i can't unsee. i'm genuinely impressed by that Sh- like Sh- shima rally. does
1: something quite similar with his running knees in the corner because yes. i was actually right on the corner once and i could see him literally just in midair clap his hands oh yeah right no, his is,
0: i will say shima is far 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 more obvious. And I don't mean any disrespect to either man. Like, I think both Sami Zayn and Shima are excellent pro wrestlers and very much enjoy when I get to see them wrestle. Uh, but, like, it's one of those annoying little things that I've noticed. Like, I'm a detail person. And now I've noticed that detail, I am going to see it more and more. Um, crowd, however, fully invested. Uh, and in that wide shot, I was just talking about at least one third of the people you can see in the crowd have their hands on their heads or, or on their breads. As for some reason, my notes are <laughs> <have> auto corrected <too. laughs> Um, And they think he's made a huge mistake and he's just got rocked. Uh, Neville hits a poison runner for two and the entire crowd are on their feet singing. "Ole Ole" as lay uh, as Sammy kicks out. Like he is their guy. Absolutely. Uh, Sammy comes back with two German suplexes uh, and the half tiger, half dragon suplex that I've been begging someone to call crouching tiger, hidden dragon for 20 years. Now Neville rolls out the rings to avoid the halluva kick right into place for one of my favorite Sammy Zane moves, which is the through the turnbuckles DDT.
2: It's so clean.
0: I don't think I've ever seen anybody else do it. It's like, it's his signature move and he Mm. like, I've only ever seen it go wrong once. I think it's such a great idea.
2: I've, yeah, the I've only close thing I've seen is obviously the belly drop kick, uh, and also like people who die from the apron over the corners type stuff. Mm. Those are dive. Those are very. Yeah, those are like much more generic. While well, that DDT is much more a specific, like a comeback move, you can. Yeah, yeah. So if, if, people,
0: if people don't know what we're talking about, he he runs the full length of one uh, side of the ring on the floor, and dives across the corner, like between the the bottom and middle turnbuckle, and hooks his opponent who is on that perpendicular side for a spinning DDT. It's so good.
1: The body control needed is just like you've got to get it just right.
0: So back inside, Sammy winds up for the halluva kick and hits it, but Neville has also pulled the referee into the way, uh, and they cut the camera right at that moment. So it's like, did he or didn't he? Like If you look close enough, you can see he's got hold of the referee's wrist. uh, And so the referee gets an elbow to the back of the head at the same time. Not quite as good as the first ref ref bump. Hmm. Uh, Sammy tends to him and has a look on his face like, can my luck get any worse? Uh, while behind his back, Neville has come back into the ring with the title belt, and Zane boots him in the face, knocking him down and disarming him. And it's WWE, so he picks up the belt and he looks at it. Here comes the melodrama. And he considers his options. Yes, you say that. So we're in melodrama territory here, but it makes sense to me completely. Hitting mm. Neville with the belt would show that killer instinct he keeps getting told he lacks. It would guarantee him the win, and. Crucially, it would save his career that he himself without any prompting put on the line. It would get him out of a lot of, a lot of problems. But he'd also be cheating himself. And this, as I said, this whole thing is about his self-belief and his self-confidence. And using that weapon as a shortcut proves nothing. And it would just be a hollow victory.
2: The other thing is, this is kind of earned melodrama. Because with the month of build-up and build-up with the short TV matches, we don't really see uh, this type of stuff even before NXT you. Mm. So with Sammy holding the title, it feels a lot more earned, a lot more subtle as this is like the only real big showing of him outwardly telling you mm. this like in a more Shakespearean way of mm. like do I or don't I? And it doesn't it doesn't take too long either. It's in he holds the title and then I'll let you continue your thing as we get to see the following action of what Sammy does. Well, decided. yeah,
0: that that was my other thing was like quite importantly, you don't get to see him truly make a decision. He turns his back like he's going to drop it out of the ring. And at that moment, that's when Neville rolls him up. But crucially, he kicks out. And as he does so, the funniest moment of the match occurs. He rolls away across the mat and accidentally kicks the poor referee right in the eye. (laughs) (laughs) I did not spot this. No, so this ref had two planned and one unplanned shot in this. Um. Neville rushes at him, but Sammy explodes him into the corner. Uh, we get a close-up of his his "this is my moment" face, uh, and he runs in, halluva kick, and the entire crowd counts along: one, two, three. He's done it, and importantly, he's done it on his own merit without using mm. that weapon.
2: I love the way they build up all the near falls. Mm. Like they have one thing happen, then they're like, pause for a second. It feels like, oh man, could that end the match? Then all of a sudden, Neville has a roll up at right last second. That could end the match. No, no, no. Sammy now has a comeback. All of a sudden, he hits the haluva kick, but the ref's down. So now we have some drama, Mm. and now Neville can actually get his ref bumping, and now he has all the excuses. This is the one thing that could kill Sammy, and it feels like he's about to lose. But the very last second, he kicks out, and the crowd goes ballistic, Mm. and then Sammy finally hits one more punctuation, one extra haluva kick. And then it feels like he definitively wins. And while I'm rambling on and on about it, the pure energy you feel, the pure frantic rush Mm. of this, falsy, 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 falsy. Mm. It's pure adrenaline that after like almost a decade after the fact, I'm still biting on each and every one of these near falls. Because it feels like each and every one of these finishes could end the match, believably.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I think importantly, like Sammy's near falls come with things that have won him important matches before. And when it looks like he might lose, it is to things that have defeated him in the past mm. as well.
1: The bit that I love is you mentioned when Neville gets at schoolboy when Sammy's got the belt. The crowd were literally screaming before Neville got there. The crowd yeah. could see it, and yeah. and it's like the crowd reaction to like they're trying to almost like panto. He's behind you, kind of <laughs> element as, as it comes in. And, I'm sure we'll both touch on it at the end. The crowd really helped. This is a fantastic match. The crowd helped elevate it. Oh, just yeah. having it, such like, investment. In
0: a vacuum, it would have been a good match, but like we're in front of 450 people, as I said, all of whom wanted Sami Zayn to win. Like it, that, that elevates it completely. Um, uh, 4.75 stars from uh, Dave Meltzer and 9.52 on Cage Match. Um, I know you have your, your your theories on cage match overwriting, Palm. Uh, now,
2: I was also going to joke, I still think that's too low from cage match. This,
0: <laughs> this is excellent. But these two have always been great together. This is by mm. f- nowhere near like their first match. Um, I was there live for at least two in the UK, which were fantastic stuff. Um, and then they would do they did a ton of house show stuff together they did a ton of tv matches together Um, in fact they rematched this the next night uh to air on tv a month later so they did televised title matches in november december and january and finished up december by doing nxt title matches on main roster house shows including the annual december 26th in madison square garden we should also mention after we talked about foreshadowing earlier on the entire locker room empties to congratulate Sammy, including his lifelong best friend, Kevin Owens, who made his debut and got his nose smashed against CJ Parker in the opener. CJ Parker is now Juice Robinson for anybody who was unaware. We get 10, mi- ten full minutes of celebration. They really let it sink in, like they really make it a big moment. And then we get an all-time angle that I remembered all of to this day, despite the version I have of this match cutting it off. Mm. Owens and Zayn walk away from the ring together. The copyright notice fades up. The copyright notice fades out. And Owens turns and throws down Sammy by the throat onto the ramp and power bombs him onto the apron, turning on the guy we have been told has been his best friend for over 10 years. Brilliant. Like, I mean, that should be taken outside of the match. Like, I mean, that would come on musty angles, I think, if we ever did that poll on Twitter. But, I'm not like, running
1: that bloody spreadsheet. If we do,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we should absolutely not. Um, but like, yeah, it's the it's the icing on the cake. It's Sammy's next next chapter, and it's he may have got what he wanted, but the worst thing he can imagine has now happened to him as well. And it's how you keep your heroes interesting. I think how you keep your baby faces interesting, and you know, give them antagonists that they need to that they need to overcome.
2: Yeah, they finished one arc and we go straight to the next arc.
0: Absolutely.
2: And they do leave, like you said, with the 10 minutes of waiting and the logo fading in and out, which I thought was genius. Mm. You genuinely believe, as like Sammy and Luke Owens are just shoulder and shoulder walking off together, like it's a happy ending for like all the indie wrestling fans who watch these men grow. Mm. And then all of a sudden, oh. We're, we're back at square one again. Good luck, Sammy. It's
0: like the logo fading up and out is as someone who previously professionally uh, produced, directed wrestling TV shows, it's one of the things, one of the tiny details I wish I'd thought of at the time. Because I love I love when wrestling breaks its format like that. You set up a format and you you stick to that format, stick to that format, stick to that format, and then you break it and make it interesting.
2: It's genius, but I'm also kind of glad it doesn't happen so often because I don't want it to, like... This isn't really the only time I can think of it happening in a major company, so I'm kind well, of they would glad.
0: Well, they'd do it again for um, uh, Tommaso Ciampa and uh, Johnny Gargano, wouldn't they?
2: They probably did. I have not revisited that feud since it's happened, no? No, Which neither I, mean, that's I. Fair enough, honestly. That's another major feud that, like, deserves that type of stuff. So. Hmm. Yeah, no, amazing angle amazing match so
0: i mean we've i mean we've 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 been through the match uh, and uh you are the man who put it uh, on his must-see matches uh, list palm uh is was there anything we didn't touch on that uh was responsible for putting it on your list
2: no you were very thorough here. yeah I'm sorry about that i need to be mark. less thorough <laughs> no no i'm impressed by you and mark because you both appreciate all the solidity but you also acknowledge mechanically this match is execution-wise is incredible. Just oh, yeah. the first few minutes of chain alone would be mm-hmm. make this an incredible match. Then you get into like the very talented shine by Sammy, the more like the different energies from the two wrestlers with the more reckless, uh, not desperate, but very like aggressive energy from Sammy versus the more
0: yeah, it's like he was, this was the night where, I mean, it's a, it's a slightly odd phrase, but he was feeling his oats. He was like, he was fully confident, like this was his night. This was his, he was definitely going to win tonight. Mm. And you can kind of see, you can see his confidence like breaking down when Neville like chops him down to the mat and starts putting him in chin locks and knee dropping him on the side of the head and stuff. And like, oh no, my plan isn't going as, it, as I had hoped. And you see him regain the confidence as the match goes on.
2: Yeah, the best thing about pro wrestling is when it feels real. And like previously when I thought about the AJ Abyss match, I meant realizing mechanically Abyss feels like a real person wrestling a real match. Mm. Here, these feel like real people who have hit the peak of things like the average human being can't wrestle. Mm. They feel like real people and that they have motivation, they have humanity, they have if they win or lose this match they have to do something afterwards they have a day job or not a day job but they have a life the next day it's not just they wrestle the match it's yeah. of, you feel that emotion so okay.
0: that's that's kind of mentioned on commentary and i've got to say i hate it because how they talk about the performance center and how they passively almost passively aggressively treat the wrestlers it's they tell you how these guys have been all around the world, and you know they've wrestled all over the place, and they've had incredible matches against each other. But the next day, they're going to, uh, back to school to learn. And yeah. I'm like, what did the ten years of doing the fucking job teach them?
2: The funny thing is, uh, I'm not. I guess it may be hypocritical for me as a wrestler to also say this about like other wrestlers. It's always funny when I see like more experienced dudes talk about their experience of the piece, and they're like alright, I'm back to do it. Right shoulder rolls, front rolls, back mm-hmm. rolls again. Uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting. its I'm not going to lie, I watched this match on mute, partly because <laughs> I, not, I'm not out of like aggressiveness. I remember enjoying NXT commentary well enough. I'm, I'm going to start
0: though. watching him on mute once we get around to the Mauro Ronaldo once.
2: He's good for a while.
0: He is character. for a while until he becomes he, until he's told to turn out to 11 and becomes yeah. a cartoon character, and then he's insufferable
2: <laughs> vancouver people like doing that i'm oh, yeah? excited for when i i'm excited for when i reach that era of my career someday
0: oh uh, interesting we've caught you uh we've caught you on the come up we've caught you before you become
2: a, a cartoon parody of yourself yes, i'm very <laughs> excited though I, i'll have the cartoon <laughs> physics too hopefully awesome. uh, but yeah no this match Feels real. This match has stakes. This match mechanically is incredible. This match has been built up so well. I still bite on every single near fall and finish. I think the character arc is beautiful. It's perfect TV wrestling. It's it's the obvious result, but the mm. obvious result is not a bad result. People yeah. never complained about Ricky Steamboat being too heroic or Steve Austin being too badass. This is yeah. the correct result. There were mm. no there were spurts in the sun, there was conflict in the story. And then there was like big policies in the match, but they never tried to quote unquote, swerve people or take people off guard up until the match had closure. And then we go in once everyone's satisfied, then we can add twists and turn and try and ruin Sammy's day and get people invested again. It's Mm. perfect pro wrestling. And sometimes it's hard to get perfect pro wrestling booking.
0: Yeah. Very often giving your fans exactly what they want is good booking.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: Even if that's the most predictable thing in the world.
2: And to be fair, I don't just mean giving fans what they want, but like presenting a good thing to the fans so they know they want it. Because I like, I don't know, six months ago, I feel people would have been fine with like pock retaining in like a vacuum if you see it on paper. Mm. But they gave it the breadcrumbs to let them know, hey, don't you want the really yummy like extra buffet thing instead of the cheaper (laughs) lesser thing? And they actually gave the nice high quality meal afterward. They promised Mm. That sounds so much more spiteful than I intended to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, we, I, we know what you mean. Uh, Mark, do you have anything else to add about this match? We've said uh, Sami Zayn spent so long of his career wrestling under a mask, which was, mm. in fact, actually mostly a mask that was ripped off of another Mexican wrestler's mask. Um, <laughs> and he was a guy that always had that, when he was under a mask, he was known for that um, expressive selling and he would use his body language Very well to sell his character, and I think when people saw that he was losing the mask in NXT, I think there were people that had doubts about there was
0: there was definite discourse about how, like, how on earth is a WWE El Generico going to work? Yeah, particularly once they lost his mask, once he lost his mask and they gave him a different name.
1: Yeah, and I have to say. For a guy that spent so long under a mask, one of Sammy's strengths here is how good he was at using his face and mm. that, and and to sell. Because this is, Palm said, it's a very good technical match. It's if you just had it without the uh, emotional notes, it's a very good match. But the emotional structure, the story that they're telling, the way that Sammy is emoting, the way that Neville does a decent job of his facial expressions as well mm. it this is a match with layers and it, and each layer makes it better
0: yeah and it plays into what we would discover are the strength of both of their characters like neville slash pack is much more interesting as a grumpy badass who can also fly rather mm. than just like a a bland flippy baby face uh and as palm mentioned like uh Sammy has this incredible ability to connect with a crowd as a babyface and as it turns mm. out he's also a pretty good heel um so like I, I wanted to just sort of like run through the aftermath of this a little bit uh i kind of thought like neville losing the title would mean he was off to the main roster imminently uh but he stuck around he put over finn balor in the number one contenders tournament final and kevin owens on tv Uh, According to Cage Match, he lost his uh, Andre the Giant Battle Royal Qualifier Tournament semi-final to Hideo Itami two days before he won his first round match over Kalisto. So, uh, time warp pro wrestling strikes again. Uh, Finally showed up on Raw minus Adrian the night after WrestleMania 31, uh, three and a half months after this match. Uh, Sami Zayn would lose the title uh, in his second televised defense in fact his second televised match uh after winning this to Kevin Owens at the really? next takeover in February yeah so they did the the Neville rematch take the next night and aired in January and then in February they did another takeover uh, and he lost the title to Kevin Owens there
2: also Kevin Owens interfered in the neville match didn't he Which led to like a kevin owens neville like little mini but not many mini that would match. have
0: that would have that would have led to the match where uh uh owens beat neville i guess like pushing him into contendership status as well yeah. as having like the beef with sammy um yeah. uh he would start crossing over with the main roster in may answering john cena's u.s title open challenge as we have uh discussed uh enters the 2016 royal rumble and properly lands uh in on the main roster around march april 2016 after his final two nxt matches which are a 43 minute two out of three falls match with samoa joe that took up an entire episode of tv uh and shinsuke nakamura's wwe slash nxt debut match uh, which we will get onto in a few weeks slash months time when uh, when it comes around Sami Zayn is still Sami Zayn uh, in WWE, and March 2023 will mark his 10th year with the company.
1: Jesus. Yeah.
0: Uh, Adrian Neville is now PAC again and is, as we record this, uh, AEW's inaugural All-Atlantic Champion. If he loses the belt before this goes out, that's going to date this podcast severely. (laughs) Palm thank you once again for joining us. This has been a pleasure again. Uh, this is your space to plug whatever you'd like to plug and to also tell us what the uh, worst move to take is.
2: Oh, right. Uh, I did think about it. I would say the lumbar check. Oh, yeah. Mostly because there's a process where someone has to learn to give a lumbar check, mm. which naturally you both have the awkwardness of getting used to flinging a dude and doing the motion. But also I've under-rotated while, while the dude was like practicing to go over it so, like, I go rib into their knee, and I completely wins a dude. I got an apology, and I, had, with an exasperated breath, went, I'm good! Afterwards, don't <laughs> so, you know. be
0: It's one of those moves where you're gonna get quite a lot of bad ones in practice before you hit a good one, I think.
2: Exactly. Because, like, you have to practice the move at some point, because I'm sure that, like, a perfect, a per- also, you have to practice taking the move on my end, because, mm. like, there's not a lot of moves that are like the lumbar check in terms of taking. So, I guess that would be like the worst, I guess, <laughs> of everything. So, prophesy Cedric Alexander having such a fucking crisp and clean lumbar check on him.
0: He is very good at it for sure. Yes.
2: Uh, in terms of plugging my stuff, uh, obviously, I will have either Russell Travis Williams already, where I will ideally be NEW champion and be showing off that talent to everyone, and that match will be online for you to watch. Uh, Travis Williams is one of the best wrestlers in all of Vancouver, I dare say all of Canada, Pacific Northwest, so hopefully he drags a good match out of me, and it is worth watching. I have a match against the Without a Cause champion named Kira online, which I deeply enjoy. I obviously will plug my Twitter when you post on Twitter, see my social media number go up pretty please, and I have a YouTube channel called Department Reborn where I mostly just film Pacific Northwest Wrestling, so, you know, if you want to watch some Daniel McCabe match, Nicole Matthews match, you can find it there. You can find it on NEW. You can find it on like all three to a battle tapes. So, as a random match, I recommend there's a like a dozen different Judas Icarus, Travis Williams matches that go from like eight minutes to an hour. You can pick your poison there. They're all good. I've seen those two wrestle for over three hours combined at this point, which is a terrifying thought. But yeah, <laughs> no. Lots of great wrestlers in the Pacific Northwest. I'm sure people are used to hearing that a lot whenever the scene comes up. We love plugging ourselves, but also hate filming our own matches sometimes. So also respect to you, Kieran, for being involved with like actual pro wrestling production. Very important job. <laughs> I've left and, that
0: behind me now. Uh, it doesn't pay I mean, it was a high. very
2: important job, to be fair. <laughs> you have not lived till you get a message at 1am where someone asks you if, they filmed their, if you filmed their match or not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, I don't think you mentioned it, what is your Twitter handle so people can find you?
2: Oh, uh bye boy parma i will probably be tweeting at this podcast once the match goes up or once the podcast goes up i will not directly at you the next time i get a wrestling booking
0: <laughs> thank you again
1: cheers
2: pam uh
0: as for us we are at must see matches on twitter and hit linktr.ee slash must see matches to find all the to subscribe to this podcast to find the full match list and a whole load of other stuff I am at Kieran Edits and Mark is at monkey underscore buckles. And next week, we're off to WrestleMania for Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 31 from March the 29th, 2015. And accompanying us will be the one and only Matty Edwards. So make sure you come back for that. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.